0: Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome to Kiss My Curvy Assets, the podcast where we drop truth bombs, hit tough conversations, bring some sassy, raw, real topics, and some badass fun. I'm your host, Lori Mort. Let's journey together on this roller coaster ride set to empower us, enlighten us, invigorate us, energize us, and just help us keep rocking our bodies and rocking our lives. Hey friends, welcome to the program. I am so excited to announce my guest for today, Tamara Knight. Tamara is a sports nutritionist and coach for over 20 years. She's the mom to two amazing boys and five dogs. Five dogs. In addition, Tamara started her own kick-ass travel business a couple of years ago. Her and her husband moved their family from the big city to the ski slopes. And now we're gonna talk about her transition. From being a competitive bodybuilder to what's next for her. Hi, Tamara. Welcome to the program. Hi, Lori. Thank you so
1: much for having me.
0: I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see you. I, I did this platform in this podcast because I wanted to have people on here that inspired me, but also inspired other people to, it's outside of the box. It's different things. It's different stories. And for you, first of all, you have five dogs. I do. <laughs> I'm jealous, <laughs> but I'm wondering how you were able to squeeze those in with Troy not freaking out because your husband, Troy, you live you live yep. together. How yep. did you manage to squeeze five dogs in?
1: <laughs> well, most of them um, just come to me, so I don't find them. They find me, and then um, they're pretty cute. They're pretty irresistible, and uh, the goal was always to have two dogs. Um, I've always had dogs when I was growing up and I always wanted a Rottweiler. So when I met Troy, he said, well, if you're getting one, I'm getting one. And then we just kept adding. And your other
0: three are smaller, right?
1: Uh, no, I have a Mastiff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <Got> smaller. <laughs> yeah, he's huge. And then I have two Frenchies.
0: Right. And now, is that the cap, or like, can you squeeze one or two more in without anybody noticing? Or?
1: I can always squeeze more in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm on. I always I am I'm like don't look Lori don't look like if someone posted me but a dog I'm like don't look you're gonna have more that's awesome that's awesome I had to to talk about your dogs because I love dogs (laughs) but you and I met today I really want to talk about there's always a plan b there's always the ability to set a new goal to totally go on a different direction and a different tangent and this happened for you on so many levels in your life and let's we'll go way back You were not going to have children. You did not want children. And now you have two boys.
1: Yeah, I actually, I loved kids. I had nieces and nephews, um, but I never wanted any kids of my own. Anybody that would have talked to me in my 20s uh, would have known I did not want kids. I was married before and my husband had a vasectomy at the age of 25. That's how much I did not want children
0: (laughs) and was there a reason like was there a reason you didn't want them Um,
1: you know I just think I was so hell-bent on my fitness journey and uh, we were double income no kids We had a brand new house you know everything was pretty much paid we traveled Um, it just didn't fit my lifestyle right and then what changed so my dad came down with stomach cancer in 2002 And I still remember the day he told me, and he had about nine months after that. And when he passed, I was an only child, and I really, as much as my ex-husband was my best friend, he wasn't the love of my life. And I had stayed married to him because he was a great guy. We were good friends, we loved to travel, but we didn't mesh, we didn't have anything really in common. But my dad adored him, and I was a daddy's girl. And so when my dad passed, I realized I was only 33 and life just was passing by. And I was pretty much alone. I don't have much family. And so it was just at that point that I knew I wanted kids. My dad adored kids and I knew I wanted them and I was going to have them whether I had a husband or not.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) So
1: I went on a mission.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then you got divorced. I did and then enters Troy.
1: Troy entered when my ex and I split. We put our house, we decided to split and put our house up for sale and it happened so fast and it there wasn't even a moment to breathe and Troy entered my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he knew what he wanted and swept me off my feet and I think we met in December, got engaged in January. I was divorced in June and we were married in September, and I was pregnant in October.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, how did the conversation go? Like, because you were hell bent, no kids. Was that shift because of, of Troy or because of your dad passing? You already knew.
1: So when I met Troy and he was pursuing me, I was not pursuing him. And my question, my number one question to him, the first question was, do you want dogs? (laughs) And he goes, yeah, I like dogs. And I said, do you want kids? And I knew that he had two um, from previous. And he said to me, if I met the right woman, yes. Right. So I knew that the chances were probably pretty good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the dog question, I like that that came first. That's always good. my dogs are my first <laughs> thing. And the kids. <laughs> and so that was a huge pivot for you. And how old are your kids now?
1: So Tristan will be 14 in June and Traden just turned twelve.
0: And do you love that you had your two children? Like because I do I do have friends that once they had kids, they didn't think they were going to. They had kids and they were still kind of like dreaming of their life without kids like did I miss out did I do the right thing
1: oh no I I so I was 37 when Tristan was born and I left an extremely well-paying career um, to be 100% self-employed and to devote my life to my kids and I always swore I would never work for anyone except myself while I was raising my kids and I've managed to be able to do that
0: oh that's amazing
1: And as soon as Tristan was born, I don't even think Troy had cut the cord. And I was crying and I said, I want another one like now. And the nurse nearly died. She says, in all my years, I've never heard someone say that.
0: (laughs) Those women are like, don't touch me. Don't come near me.
1: (laughs) And I swear I was on a mission. I got pregnant within three months and unfortunately lost that one. But it turned into a blessing because I, I have my younger.
0: Yep. Same, same yeah. here. Same here. Sure. You have that middle one and you wouldn't have had that third one, right? Sure.
1: And, and I was hell bent. I needed to, I wasn't going to be giving a, an, I was an only child and I, I didn't want the same.
0: Well, and I mean, you and I are very similar in so many ways because we're both Scorpios. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we are also both very anal, very OCD, very perfectionist, we have our ducks in a row. We're big goal setters too. That's why I was I'm inspired by your story, but I'm not surprised because Scorpios, any of my friends that are Scorpios or those that I know are the most driven people. And when we have a plan and a mission, it just happens. It doesn't matter yeah. who's in our way. And that was your one kind of plan B. Okay. I don't want kids. Okay, now I have two kids. I have the new marriage. You also we met in the fitness business and you yeah. had a coaching business. And you and I were were both heavy into the fitness industry. We'll talk about your bodybuilding days in a minute. You decided to do a whole new career path. Yes. (laughs) How, tell me how you found your way from fitness coach to travel agent.
1: So travel has been something that I did a lot of. I've I've traveled the world. When I was young, my family is in Germany. I spent a lot of time in Europe. My ex and I, we traveled at least four times a year to different locations. And I mean, we really traveled a lot. So my goal was to, I wanted to build another business that I could benefit from. So it's not like the business was going to pay me huge volumes of money. It was that the benefits and the travel that I was going to get out of it. So it was a long-term plan so that when I did decide to fully retire, it's something that I can still do well into my old age and still reap the benefits from. And so that was the reasoning behind all of that.
0: Well, and I love that because you were very passionate about fitness and it showed in your coaching And because you were passionate about travel, you really started, you started to do really well, really quick. And then COVID hit. Correct. (laughs) Insert plan like F at this point, right? For a lot of us, because there's two industries, the fitness industry and the travel, I mean, the travel industry, it took a big hit. How did that impact you?
1: In a huge way. Um, That was what I was calling my makeup money. So, that obviously went completely out of the window. I was blessed, though, that most of the stuff that I had booked was either, you know, fully refundable or um, my clients had already taken the trip. So any commissions didn't really get, I didn't didn't affect me. There's some agents out there where commissions got clawed back. So not only did they lose their career, but they now had to pay back thousands of dollars in commissions that had been paid to them. yeah so I was I got out of it very lucky I didn't have to lose a lot in terms of that um I do think the travel industry will bounce back I'm not out of it by any means I still plan to pursue it but I never fully gave up my coaching business either Mm -hmm. so you know I really didn't suffer too badly in all of that
0: and you will though I for sure I mean travel will bounce back. We know it will. Yeah. And do you see yourself jumping back into that fully? Cause you're, you were great at it. You, you helped me with uh, quite a bit of stuff yeah. and you love it and it shows and you're yeah. not reliant on it for the money, which it shows as well. Are you going to jump back into it fully when you can?
1: hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. But I'm also shifting my coaching a little bit as well.
0: <laughs> which again, there, that's where it doesn't just have to be plan B or a pivot you start to, and you start to find things, well, wait, I can do this. And that segues into my next thing, which was you lived in the big city. We met Vancouver, lower mainland, hustle, bustle, traffic, busyness. Mm -hmm. You now live literally on a mountain.
1: I sure do. (laughs) (laughs) Right on the top.
0: (laughs) and, And that's where you and I are different because You will always find me on a beach over a mountain. I I actually like blow up when I'm near snow. I don't do well. You
1: are a snow bunny. Yes. How did you... Go ahead. Oh, I would be happy if it snowed every day of the year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that is I'm by the fire. There is no way I'm going down... So you, I mean, you love skiing. You went from living in the Lower Mainland. How did you end up living on the side of a mountain?
1: I'll try and condense the very long story into something short. Um, When I was growing up, my dad and I, we used to go skiing. I was four years old. I'm 51. So do the math. (laughs) It was a long time. So we used to frequent mount baker whistler we every weekend when dad was off it, we always went to the mountains this was they, the mountains were always calling my name and so when i was married to my ex and i was working in north burnaby i actually got a group of people together and we would go night skiing every single thursday up at cyprus so you know it's those little things that would just keep me going for the week and keep my sanity because i'm not a city person troy and i had decided when the kids were like five and four almost around that age we were going to teach them how to ski i said to him we need to teach them how to ski and it needs to be now Mm -hmm. and so we went to Manning park and we went to hemlock which is now sasquatch and we started doing like private lessons And then the wheels started churning. So Troy had no idea. He was completely blindsided. And I said to him, hey, how about we spend a Christmas on the mountains? And he actually said yes, which totally shocked me. And I just started doing, and then I would start booking weekends away. But every time I would do that, I'd be looking at real estate. Because our dream had always been to retire in Kelowna. Well, he wanted me to look at real estate in Vernon on Silver Star, but I kept looking at real estate in Kelowna on Big White. And so three years ago, we uh, were up for Easter weekend skiing, and I found a townhouse, and I said, I want to buy that, and I just bought it without seeing it.
0: (laughs) because you're a Scorpio we do that
1: (laughs) (laughs) the real estate agent and my mortgage broker were like are you sure and I'm like yeah I'm sure (laughs) we were going to put a huge reno into our backyard at our house in Langley and so we were going to use our home equity to do that and we just put that all to the side and put the money into our vacation home
0: right which then turns into not just a vacation home because what happened next
1: (laughs) (laughs) so that was in the spring we took all summer completely gutted it renoed it and we spent that christmas in our townhouse and we spent a month and then it was time to go back and i it was like someone had gutted me i couldn't even imagine going back and i just it was terrible and we had a school we have a school on big white and it's part of the bc schools so i said to troy i'm going to pull the kids out of their school and i'm going to put them in the big white school and we're just going to stay till the end of the season
0: <laughs> like not but a crazy idea or anything bless troy's
1: heart little did he know i still have all the real estate emails coming and my dream house landed in my email <laughs> <laughs> oh. so i said to him look at this house my god i want this house and he said, well, you'd have to sell our other house first. So my, my client's a realtor. And I said, hey, Gary, sell my house. And he did.
0: And you guys were still on the mountain though, right? Like you, he yeah. You yeah, did, sold your house just like that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was meant to be all of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I love what you said about, because I was just going to say to you about your children in terms of, wow, that must be such a shock for them. But they're loving the life. Like you were just telling me, they snowboard to and from school. They do. (laughs) How amazing is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they live the outdoor lifestyle. So they're going from kind of the big city school system. And I remember when you guys got, when the the mountain opened day one, they got the day off from school to (laughs) go open the mountain. Like it just is such a great way of living that we're all in the hustle and bustle and we, we forget about that, that stuff.
1: Well, even yesterday morning, we had a pow day, which is a pow day is anything over 10 centimeters that has fallen fresh. So I looked out, I texted the teacher, the boys won't be at school today. (laughs) We're having having a pow day. And um, And the teacher's like, cool, have fun. Yeah, Priorities,
0: Um, right? Priorities that we get it backwards though, because we're so focused on being inside those classrooms and we're missing out on, on the bigger, bigger picture. And even you said, like you, you snowboard every day, as soon as that mountain opens and you're good to go, you know, you did it already today. It's, it's in your, your daily schedule, your calendar.
1: The interesting thing about that is I skied for all my life until three years ago. And the kids learned how to ski first and they kept bugging me. We want a snowboard. We want a snowboard. And I said to them opening day three years ago, if you can ski faster than me in perfect parallel, I'll go buy you a snowboard. Well, the little turkeys did, right? So I said, well, if you're getting a snowboard and learning, then your dad and I are too. <laughs> and well, here we are.
0: <laughs> well, and you, you went from just learning to now, I mean, there was another pivot with the career you're going to do the travel you also now want to take your fitness coaching and have it go a little bit of a pivot you still want to be a coach but you want to do something completely different and not not in the fitness not in the gym setting
1: correct so i mean i have some wonderful clients i've worked with for many many years i mean 10 years 5 years they, they and they're not going anywhere and 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 they're here to stay and they, they you know they have competitive Um, you know, bodybuilding competing kind of goals, which I'm there for them all the way. But, you know, when you ask people about me in the fitness industry, most people know who I am, because I've been a show promoter and a competitor and whatnot, and a coach for many years. But when you talk about me in different sports, like cycling or snowboarding, people don't know what I do. And so I want to branch out a little bit and get more involved in that, because that's kind of what's lighting my fire right now
0: your passion, right? Yeah. And now yeah. we'll we'll go into that now too, because I met you as a bodybuilder. Yes. I, I judged you. It was when I met I you know. and I was just I again, I was that judge where I'm like, she has the most beautiful eyes. Like I'm, you know, I just I loved watching you on stage because female bodybuilding, I mean I was a figure competitor. I always looked up to that because that's what I grew up with. There was no such thing as figure. Fitness was kind of my first little dip in the pool, but I learned from a lot of female bodybuilders. So When the female bodybuilding part of the show comes on, I light up and it's gotten smaller and smaller, but that's how I met you Mm -hmm. and you did amazing in it again, because you're driven goal setting, anal OCD like me. I mean, we have no problem following programs right Mm -hmm. to the T. Why did you decide that you were done with that?
1: The sport has changed a lot, you know, for you and I that have kind of been doing that. I started bodybuilding when I was 19. And like you said, there was um, fitness, which I would watch on TV. And there was women's bodybuilding and men's bodybuilding. And we didn't have smartphones. And, you know, there was no selfies and there was no Instagram and social media. And it was, uh, when I think back, those were the good old days, right? I I'm always like remember when (laughs) I mean nothing against you know everything progresses and there's nothing against that Um, I've done my time really to be honest with you I have spent many years I've competed many times I I don't have anything to prove to anyone and the older you get you you have to kind of reprioritize and and look at what's really you know your passion passion changes right? and so I've moved on to different goals and different passions and so something has to give
0: (laughs) yes well and now you had to take your frame because you had a a lot of muscle on your frame and you you went from gym rat because I was a gym rat I didn't miss the gym workout ever you were the same we're both early risers we're both bright and early you needed to get rid of a lot of that muscle because you were packing a lot you're a shorter person so how did you do
1: that I haven't been to the gym in over two years (laughs) And I barely, and I mean, barely eat animal protein. I survive pretty much on carbs because my intent, I'm so intense with my exercise right now, cardiovascular. I need those carbs. I need the fats. So that's a huge
0: shift in your diet because the bodybuilding diet is huge protein and the carbs and the fats are secondary, right?
1: Yeah. So there's been a huge shift in nutrition. There's been a huge shift in my training.
0: And so now you're training, and this isn't new to you, you're cycling now. I am. <laughs> and you're doing the, the Grand Fondo, is it the grand one that you're doing?
1: Yeah, I'm doing the Penticton Grand Fondo in July, it's 160K, and that's on July 11th. And then one week later, I'm doing the L'Alp Grand Blanc, and that's a race uphill from Kelowna to the top of Big White at 60K of climbing.
0: Oh my goodness. (laughs) You know, small goals, small goals right out the gate. But that's a huge shift because again, I know I trained as a bodybuilder for years and that's a that's completely different training style. That is completely different nutrition, but it's also completely different mindset. It is. And is that where your passion lies now? Because you did you did marathons, you did that, you did endurance sports before. Were you a cyclist before?
1: I was. I used to cycle a hundred K a day easy in my twenties, yeah.
0: So this is a return for you to this then? It's
1: the return to my roots. And, you know, the thing is, is when I got into bodybuilding, it was exciting. It was new. And and I was bodybuilding for, no, oh, I don't know. It was, I competed the first time when I just turned 40 and I started bodybuilding at 19. So it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to go bodybuilding and then get on a stage in six months. I put in 20 plus years and went on stage, right? And had kids and everything in the meantime. And um, yeah, so and prior to that, it was, there was a, a, I didn't really make any bodybuilding gains in my 20s because I never gave up on the cardio portion of it all.
0: Yeah, they don't go
1: hand in hand, that's for sure. They don't go hand in hand, no.
0: And no. so now you have those goals. Is this, how does your body feel? Because in, I know with bodybuilding, I loved strength training. I'm a home workout girl now too. I don't have a gym membership anymore. And that wasn't just because of COVID. And I feel like people will say to me, oh, well, you know, do you feel okay without all of your muscle? Well, you and I both still have a lot of muscle. It's not like you've lost all your muscle. It's just more compact, right? It is
1: hard to get rid of. I have not done any upper body training of any kind. And I look and I can still flex a tricep and I'm still have shoulders. And I'm like, this doesn't go anywhere. Right it's old muscle. It just kind of stays. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you feel like it help? Does it help you with your cycling? The leg, the leg strength for sure.
1: hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, and one thing I never, ever did, I really neglected my body in terms of stretching and, and, you know, functional kind of stuff. And boy, oh boy, you know, I, I have a really bad hip problem. I'm waiting on, I've done MRIs and I'm waiting on a surgery. I've got a hip impingement, which makes it very hard for me to do anything like running. So I can't run. I can't really do anything where the leg is under load in terms of uphill kind of stuff, like climbing stairs. Like I couldn't do a stairmaster anymore because my whole leg actually goes numb, but I can cycle and I can snowboard and I can do all of those things. But I've also made a commitment to all of you know, hip functionality and, and stretching. And I, I've been able to help myself without the surgery. So that's a good thing. It's a positive thing that's come out of it.
0: And that was one thing when I was into bodybuilding, figure, I mean, as a figure competitor, we train like bodybuilders. I wasn't doing the yoga. I wasn't doing the stretching. I would barely even warm up. I mean, I was, I was invincible, right? It was like, here we go, lift the heavy weights, do the five, six day bodybuilding split you don't do a lot of core strength. Like it's, you just don't, you, there's nothing, there's nothing functional about it. And you're right. As we get older, I mean, I see it in, in the older bodybuilders that are, they're beat up now, (laughs) they're they're getting their double knee surgeries They're they're getting. So I feel like it is a very unhealthy part of the sport. Luckily coaches like you can now kind of implement that to your clients. So like, listen, we're going to add this too.
1: Definitely, definitely very important. You don't realize it when you're doing it, you're just so hell bent on the end goal. And you know well, that's a waste of time. I don't have time for that. I I'm, you know, I'm doing my cardio, I'm spending my time in the gym, but you have to make time because when you do reach the age of 50, and you're going to get there soon, Laurie
0: don't rush me don't rush me
1: (laughs) it's not that bad if you're able to do all the things you love right but if you're all of a sudden you know limping around and you got this sore and that sore and you're not enjoying your life well then you know that's not good
0: (laughs) not good do you get any any ailments from cycling or is it pretty good like you've, you've managed to keep injury free tap tap wood
1: oh no cycling's been wonderful for me in fact so like Sunday morning, I w- once a month, I have a, like a mini Fondo. I actually did 100k Sunday morning, I was on the saddle for four and a half hours. And then I ate and I went out snowboarding for four hours. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, you love it. Okay. I love it. You love it. I love um, it.
0: When you were in your element of bodybuilding, I remember being in it too. where I, I was happy to be at the gym three hours a day. I was ha- I never complained about a workout. I never complained about my nutrition plan because that was what I needed to do at the time. And I feel yeah. like it's changed a little bit in, in the industry now and in that everybody's whining about it. And it's like, if you're not happy doing it, why are you doing it?
1: Yeah, exactly. But I think the one thing that's so wonderful now is I've never eaten crap food, never. And um, I mean, if the kids have some chips, I might grab a chip or two, but I'm not that one that would eat the whole bag of chips or I don't eat chocolate and cookies and all that kind of stuff but I don't have to weigh and measure my food. And that's the most wonderful thing, right? Because I see all your posts all the time about your food and you're so right. Just eat. <laughs> but you and I were Tupperware. We were the Tupperware gang. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. You know?
0: And I was regimented and, and yeah. you were the same. I know you were. I was not that client that would cheat off of her plan. No. I was not that, like, if you told me what to eat, I ate it like clockwork. And I ate out of a Tupperware for 15 years. I mean, you ate out of it more. Oh, yeah. I took it to parties. I never drank. I didn't drink for 13 years. Not a, I didn't take
1: a drop. Not a drop.
0: <laughs> That's why we're similar because we're an all or nothing mentality. And that when we were in, we were in. Now, I mean, for a few years, I would prep my Tupperware and I would throw it out because I would just open it and I would go, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I don't even own a weight scale anymore for my food.
1: No, I don't even know what I weigh like myself. I don't weigh myself. I don't weigh my food. I just eat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not six meals a day. Sometimes it's four, you know, it just, whatever. I just stop eating when I'm full. I I don't know. I just eat. And like I said, I barely eat any protein.
0: Well, and I, and I like that because it goes against all myths because we are fed the myth that you have to have, you know, one and a half times your grams, your body weight of protein. And, you know, if you, if you eat a lot of carbs, mind you, you're in an endurance sport, but I think people are afraid of carbs and we We don't need to be, that's just what we're fed. Yeah. And if we don't train at the gym anymore, we're going to lose everything overnight. Well, you and I have both been trying to lose it all overnight (laughs) and it's not going anywhere. And. It's it's one of those things where it's just what we're fed. It's just what we're told and what we believe. And there are other methods and other ways of doing it where you don't have to be eating out of the Tupperware. Well,
1: and an interesting thing, you know, too, and maybe this is off topic about me, but you know, you talk about just eat, just, you know, if you feel like eating, just eat. And this is a philosophy that I use with my clients, ones that say have a chocolate addiction. If they feel that they can only have that once per week, they're going to double down and they're going to like stuff their faces and they're going to eat until, you know, they're, they're puking. Whereas, you know what, if you really like chocolate, go ahead and have a piece every night, if that's what's going to, because eventually if you're doing that, your brain thinks, Oh, I'm actually allowed to have this. You don't care anymore. You just don't care. It's true. I used to
0: have a peanut butter addiction and where I couldn't even have, like, I, there couldn't be one in sight because I Mm -hmm. would just, now I don't think I've even bought peanut butter in years. Like I don't even, like, I don't crave it. I don't eat it. If it was there, maybe But it's one of those things where as soon as you tell yourself you can have it and you're not on this strict set plan so much, like there's nothing off limits. Like, let's just find that middle ground. You don't really want it anymore. Like if it's there, you're just like, whatever.
1: But that's the toughest thing as a coach is trying to get that through a client's head. Right. Cause it's that all or nothing approach sometimes, right. That you're trying to fix.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And we've been, I mean, I've been there, but I've also, I'm the same as you now. I find I don't like there's junk food. I have two teenagers. They're always yeah. eating takeout. They're always eating the crappy foods. I had yeah. the YVR cookie. I had a massive box of those come. I, I, saw, I, I saw that. I saw <laughs> I didn't even have a bite of one. Like I just put them in the cupboard. I put some in the freezer. And even today, like I didn't have it because it's there and I know I can have it whenever I want it. Yeah. Gone are the days where it's like, I, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm deprived. I think that's the thing that that's part of the industry is we're fed.
1: Yeah, definitely definitely.
0: And and so in terms of all of your, your plan B's, how do you think you let yourself get there? Because everybody, you're a routine person too, just like I am. Mm -hmm. How do you convince yourself, you know what, it's okay to detour. It's okay to try this. It's okay to jump in and and try something new. How did you get there?
1: Um, I don't really know how to answer that because I'm a person that when I make a decision or I get something in my head, there's nothing that's going to detour me from that. Right. So whether that's stepping on stage or doing the the Fondo in July or moving or becoming a, you know, doing a 360 on my snowboard, that's my goal. And I'm very goal oriented. So it's, oh, you may call it a plan B for me. It's just changing my goals. And when I get one in my head, oh boy.
0: (laughs) But I like that. Cause you're, I mean, you're 51 and it's easy to just get stuck. I think I see it in the forties, fifties, like I'm here. I might as well just stay here. Like it's comfortable over here. The reason that I like when you jump is cause it's, it's uncomfortable. Like you don't know what's going to happen on the other side of that jump, mm-hmm. but you just do it. And, and sometimes it's, it, it'll be successful. Sometimes it's like, Oh shit. Now COVID hits And the travel industry is not exactly what you wanted it to be. But then you also came up with another, okay, well, here's another goal that I'll add to that. It's okay to change, I think is the main thing.
1: Yep. It definitely is okay to change. It's not comfortable. And sometimes that's really good for people like us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the control, you lose sense of control. We can control to take the jump. We
1: don't know what's on the other side. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's been the hardest part for me in learning how to snowboard, right? Because after so many years of skiing to learn this new sport where my feet are secured into this thing and nothing's moving <laughs> and I'm going straight down a mountain. Um, for me, I had to find a coach that totally knew how to teach me because, you know, that Scorpio mentality, nobody's telling me what to do. I know I got this, (laughs) but I didn't have this. And so I had to hire this guy that just knew how to to get under my skin. And so we'll go out and he'll be like, yeah, you know, you seem to have plateaued. Oh my God, like you can't (laughs) say that to me. What, I've plateaued? So then he's like, well, what are we doing today? I said, well, let's do some jumps, right? And so we do like these little baby jumps and then he doesn't tell me his plan. And all of a sudden, I'm following him through the trees. And the next thing you know, I'm in the air and I'm sailing. And I'm like, "You bastard!"
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! See, so, I get petrified when you tell me that story. Like I'm the girl like that has the cute outfit on skiing. Yeah. <laughs> Does actually go on the slopes. Like I'm in the nice chalet having my wine. Like I'm just, I don't, I break easily, right? So. <laughs>
1: But, you know, that's exactly what I need. That's me. That's that type A, having to be in control, OCD person. I can't have a coach that says, oh, okay, well, we'll just do it your way. Oh, God, no. I need someone that just knows exactly what to do to make me do it without me knowing in advance.
0: (laughs) But you and I have done. We've done that for other people. Like, we've both coached people just like us. That's yeah. why I train a lot of trainers. You train a lot of trainers. Yeah. as Well, it's nice to have that person that says, I'm not even going to tell her what we're doing. We're just, I'm going to push her. We're going to go, we're going to do it yeah. and, and pushes your limits. And so what's next for you in terms of, of snowboarding? Cause you, you're addicted to it. You love it now.
1: I am so addicted. Yeah, I go out every day. Um, So I've got a bunch of private lessons booked. I start my first private next Tuesday. Of course, I'm shitting my pants. Um, But anyway, (laughs) anyway, we'll, uh, we'll be fine. Um, But I want to get into the park. I want to do some 360s on my board. I, I'm yeah, I want to go off the cliff this year. So that's been a goal of mine for the last three years. And the cliff is the cliff. It's a cliff. You have to go off a cliff. <laughs> at the very top of the mountain.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so scared for you. <laughs> it's I'm I'm I just put oh. into a sweat hearing that. Like I'm just but again, I don't want to point out your age, but you're 51. Anybody that tells me it's too late to take up a new hobby. I mean, you got on stage at 40. You're 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 now you're now wanting to jump off a cliff, literally at 51. Yeah. Yeah. Well it's never too late.
1: It's never too late. No. And that's the thing. And and I, one thing I, I don't know if I've ever shared with you, um, it was right before my dad died, I want to say I was around 31, 32, I came up with this brilliant idea. I said to my ex-husband, Do you want to go jump out of a plane? <laughs> and he's like, Okay. And so I didn't want to, but because I said I was going to do it, I had to follow through. So we go out to Pitt Meadows to the airport out there. And sure enough, you're supposed to jump out at 10,000 feet. And the pilot's like, well, we have a really good day. So we're going to 12,000 and you're strapped to a guy. And, and, but you're in the front. So you have to put your feet on the edge of this open door and just fall out
0: it would never happen. I'd be (laughs) sobbing. It would not happen.
1: Now I will never do it again, but I did it. And now I can cross that off that list. Right.
0: Everyone always thinks that I'm, I'm, I would do that kind of stuff. I'm the girl that would climb. Like I was a swimmer, but I would climb the highest diving board and you would have to let me back down because I decided I wasn't going to jump off the highest diving board. (laughs) I'm the girl at the fair that went to the top of the bungee jump and never did it. Like I just, I could never jump out of a plane. I, and I'm, I'm you for doing that. <laughs> now I know why you're okay jumping off cliff jumping, right? Like <laughs> right oh my. that's what I feel like you've done in a lot of respects. So in a lot of the things that you've done, it's just, it is, you just jump off the cliff. It's like, I can do it. I'll put my mind to it. I'll make it happen. And it's it's like an analogy for life. Like, just do it. Just learn the tools because you're not doing it blind. You're learning how to do it right. Yeah. And then do it.
1: But, you know, every year that passes, I look back at how quickly that year went, right? Every Christmas that comes, I, every birthday, whether it's mine or the kids. And, you know, I'm looking back and I'm like, this is going too fast. Mm. And we got to do it. You just got to do the things you love. You got to take the chances. You just you just got to do it. Oh my god! Otherwise, you just re- regrets, right? Like it's I don't want to have regrets. My mom is really unhealthy. You know, lifestyle choices she's on oxygen. She's got COPD. She's got uh, congestive heart failure. You know, she's only 75 next week and she's pretty much housebound on oxygen. And I don't want to be that. I want to be 75 on my snowboard. (laughs) Jump
0: it off the cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine. It'll be happening. It'll be happening. You'll be doing the Fondo. You'll be turning 75 and I'll be. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Mark and my so, words.
0: <laughs> if you will, I have no doubts. I have no doubts. So now in terms of those two races, are you going to keep,
1: do you have a goal for those? Like, do you have a certain time that you want to finish in? Um, I do. The longest time is eight hours on that first Fondo in Penticton. Um, I want to do it in about five and a half. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> of course you do. <laughs> The following weekend, one week later, the race from Kelowna up to Big White, the fastest female has done it in one hour and 14 minutes.
0: That's okay. Do do? Do it in 20 minutes?
1: (laughs) Um, I don't know if I'll beat the fastest female, but I certainly need to be around that.
0: I love that you just set goals. You'd like shoot for the moon, whatever happens, happens. And and you usually achieve them, which I also, I, I just love. I think it's great. I think as women, we don't do it enough. I think we tend to push down our goals or make them a little bit less than, and I like that you just kind of reach for the moon and who's the fastest. Okay. Well, I'm going to try to be right on their heels.
1: Well, I, and I think it helps like my kids, they fully support me. They think I'm the coolest mom ever. Cause I snowboard and I cycle and I do all these things, you know, when I had all these trophies for bodybuilding, yeah. like they just think that their mom is so rad, which is really, you know, who, what, what 14 year old kid wants to hang out with their mom. Right? <laughs> Mine does. He's like, yeah. yeah, we're going snowboarding. Right. So I'm kind of like, that's, I love that. And right. so they keep me going. Cause like, if I say to them, like I have a six o'clock ride scheduled, cause we're on this program called Zwift. I don't know if you've heard that, but you can ride with people all over the world. And if I have a meetup scheduled and it's six o'clock in the morning, they know they're getting up at five 30 on dog duty so that mom can go ride the bike.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Do yeah. you
0: find that living on the mountain has benefited your family? I mean, they love snowboarding, oh. but in, in terms of slowing down,
1: Oh, it's helped. (laughs) It's helped in so many ways. My youngest son um, has ADHD, Mm -hmm. and he did not function well at all in a big environment. So here, he just he thrives. Both my kids are A students. He he can let go of so much energy here, right? Like the whole snowboarding to school and snowboarding home from school is critical for him. But I mean, so we start snowboarding the end of November, we go all the way to the middle of April, we have a little bit of a shoulder season, and then the mountain opens in June and we do downhill biking too. So I do the downhill on the mountain bike stuff. And the kids... And the kids, like they, 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 they fly. I don't know what they're, they're, they're like, look at this video, mom. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see you do that.
0: <laughs> they're your children though. They're your children. Like I, you, because you're fearless as well. So they see that they see the, what their mom's doing and they get that yeah. inspiration. That's oh. amazing. That's amazing. I'm going to do this thing called a uh, rock and rapid fire, where I ask you 10 questions and you're just going sure. spit to out, spit out the first answer. Nothing, Rosie, nothing, Rosie. Now, I know you eat really, really good, but what's your favorite cheap meal? Uh, Mexican. Mexican. Like burritos?
1: Uh, Like fajitas and guac and tortilla chips.
0: I'm coming over for that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And wine. (laughs) And wine. I was
0: just going to, and that's my next one. What's your favorite adult beverage?
1: Wine. Red wine. You're red. Red. And it's got to be a Malbec.
0: Right. And I'm, I'm white and it's got to be Pinot Grigio always.
1: Oh, I know that. I know that. We can
0: get along well, (laughs) Mexican and wine. That's going to be it. And I'm not cliff jumping. I'll watch you. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're with travel. You obviously love traveling. You know a lot about a lot of places. I, every time I have a dream destination, I message you add this to my list. (laughs) It's getting long. What are are your top three places that you have to travel to before you die?
1: Uh, Switzerland, Antarctica, (laughs) and Iceland.
0: And mine are like Fiji, like everywhere hot, and yours are all like icebergs. Yeah. Is that to ski at all three of those places?
1: Yes. Well, no, I wouldn't be skiing in Antarctica, but I want to go look at the wildlife and all the icebergs and stuff, yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I know the answer to this, but we'll just say it. Are you a morning person or a night owl?
1: I'm a morning person. <laughs>
0: what time do you get up every day? Because you're more of a morning person than I am, and I get up early.
1: I usually wake up between 10 to 4 and 4 o'clock. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Without an alarm.
0: But you've also done that for decades and decades.
1: I've done that since as long as I can remember, even as a child. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. awesome. And then yeah. what time do you go to bed? By 9. 9. Yeah. So that's, that's normal. That's normal. Could you get your normal sleep that you need? What's the thing you're most afraid of?
1: My kids, something happening to my kids. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Favorite color? Purple. Might (laughs) do. I know. (laughs) We're two peas in a pod, are we? Oh yeah. Now you don't eat a lot of meat anymore, but how do you like your steak cooked?
1: Well, well done. (laughs) done.
0: Do you used to eat red meat? Didn't you like you still do occasionally? Like it's just not as much,
1: just not as much. If you know, if we have a like a steak once a week or once every two weeks, I'll eat that.
0: Yeah, Yeah. but it has to be well done. Well done.
1: What color is your toothbrush? It is black.
0: Oh, okay. I've never seen a black toothbrush.
1: Yeah, I got a pack at Costco and (laughs) then toilet
0: paper roll over or under.
1: Over. Over. <laughs> over. What kind of a question is
0: And if anybody puts it under, we need to have an investigation into this.
1: <laughs> they wouldn't dare. They wouldn't dare.
0: <laughs> and last question. TV in your bedroom, yes or no? No. No, me too. Me too. <laughs> no, anal about that. Anal about that. No. That's fun, that's fun. So a recap of all of that. So we've got from big city to mountain, check. That was a great decision. Bodybuilding to jumping off cliffs and racing like yeah. across Canada, across provinces, up mountains, check. Yes. Having the children when you didn't think you wanted to, check. Yes. Switching, I mean you're still in fitness, but adding adding career choices that that p- are passionate and that you love, even with COVID, it's still a
1: check. Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Is there anything on that? Cause that's a huge list of, I, again, I call it plan B. You just call it goal setting. Is there anything on your goal list that we've been talked about today that you're still like, yeah, I really want to do that.
1: Oh, hundred percent. I'm delving really deep right now into forming a proper snowboard club up here for competitive kids to get to the provincial level. Uh, big white uh, freestyle has never had an actual dedicated club for snowboarders. It's more of a ski team. And so I'm working with BC Snowboard and Canada Snowboard to form another nonprofit to get our kids where they need to be.
0: I love that. I love that you take your passions and you just, you're not getting paid to do it. It's because no. it's something that you're passionate about and you see for other people. And I just think that's awesome because it's a goal for you, but it's other people that get to benefit from it when you succeed. And you will because you succeed at everything you put your mind to, right? I try. I usually I
1: do. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. I'm so glad that I met you and I'm so glad that we, cause we've really become close the last little while and you just inspire me so much. And I just thank you so much for coming on this podcast because I mean, you inspire so many people, not just because of your age, but because of all of the things that you've done, you've just said, I'm going to do it i'm gonna jump and you i just thank you for that i thank you for being so inspiring
1: thank you very much for having me on Lori. you know i love you to pieces
0: and we'll have you on again because i want to hear how your whole all your races go in the summer and and i want to hear your time because i know you're going to get the time that you want to get and you're going to you probably are going to bust through that that (laughs) fastest female time knowing you so i wish you luck and stay safe i'm going to stay warm by the fire while you're (laughs) out on the slopes keeping our wine company.
1: <laughs> All right, Lori.
0: <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Lori. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening, friends. If you want more tips and tricks on rocking your life and rocking your body, be sure to check out my website, lauriemork.com or follow me on Instagram at lauriemork. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast where each and every week, We're gonna release new episodes with down and dirty topics, some wicked guests, more badassery, and just have a kick-ass time together. And if anyone has a problem with it, they can kiss my curvy ass